Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I am your host, J215Forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page, you'll find the podcast page. That is K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R underscore podcast. Know Your Role Player Podcast, or you can hashtag Know Your Role Player uh, you know, same thing, K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-A-Y-E-R. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor, all right? So the best way that you can download and listen to this episode, you download Anchor. Once you get Anchor, whatever app you have that you listen to podcasts on, whether that be Google Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, Radio Public, or the big ones like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it'll take you right to there, all right? It'll make life simple for you, all right? I don't, I, listen, I cannot <laughs> explain it anymore how simple it is to listen to it, man. Now, listen, we got a lot to get to. Uh, today is Thursday, May 27th. <sighs> how, how, how are we going to do this? Let's go back to Tuesday real quick. All right, Tuesday real quick. I want to go over Tuesday's games. Uh, then we can talk about last night's games. We can jump into tonight. The Nets defeated the Celtics 130-108. to 108. Um, It's not too much to talk about here. I think the Celtics just they're, they're just they don't have enough talent to compete with them. Uh, the Celtics have a lot of moves to make in this offseason, but let's give some love to the guys that did play well. Excuse me. Uh, Kevin Durant, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Big game from Joe Harris, 25 points, 7 out of 10 from the three point line, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. And James Harden, 20 points, 7 rebounds, excuse me, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 out of 8 from the three point line. Uh, they made 17 threes as a team to compare to the Celtics 12. Celtics just don't got the firepower to commit to them. Jason Tatum got hurt late in the third quarter, did not return. He is expected to play tonight. I don't know what y'all want me to tell y'all, man. Um, I was pushing for the Celtics to get one. Maybe game one was their only chance. I don't feel good at all about them winning the game, man. I would like to say this, though. Even if they do get swept, I do think it's very important that Kemba plays well. Um, and you can get some out of these young guys because like they got some real moves that they got to make next season. All right. So the Celtics go up 2-0. Um, they play again tonight. Next, the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the LA, excuse me, the Phoenix Suns 109-102. All right. This game was interesting. Chris Paul did play this game. He wasn't very effective. Um, you know, I listened to Monty Williams talk about it, say he gave him a chance and you know, once he didn't like what he see, he just kind of took him out. Uh, 23 minutes, 6 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. And listen, for Chris Paul, that's just nothing. He can get that in about 4 or 5 possessions, man. Uh, but Cameron Payne had the game of his life. 19 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. Hashtag know your role player. Cameron Payne came a long way from his days of dancing with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Uh, had a stint in Chicago where he really struggled. But listen... You know, I think he said something about Monte. Say, hey, do you want to lose your opportunity to play in this league? And listen, he has came to play. He's developed his three-point shot. Really good at getting to the rim. He had a lot of um, effectiveness working in the pick and roll going against Gasol and Drummond. And I'm hoping that even though if Chris Paul is scheduled to play tonight, that they keep making sure that they get him involved. And listen, the biggest thing for this game is Chris Paul. If he is effective and he can shoot, I'm going to pick the dem- I'm gonna pick Phoenix to win. If he can't shoot... And he's struggling to pass and doing simple things. I am going to pick the Los Angeles Lakers to win. All right. Uh, a couple of the notes. Caldwell Pope really struggled. Uh, 0 for 4 from the three-point line. 
four rebounds, four personal fouls, zero points. At the end of the game, uh, LeBron was grabbing on him and just telling him, listen, I need you to shoot. I trust you. I need you to shoot. Just really kind of empower him. So shout-outs to LeBron for that, for always bringing up your role players. Dennis Schroeder played phenomenal, 24 points, two out of four from the three-point line, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, Andre Drummond finally showed up and was effective, 15 points, 12 rebounds. I think LeBron called him slum, slum drum million, millionaire or something like that, something bad. Uh, Anthony Davis was really quiet after game one. He said he didn't play well. He said he didn't want nobody to talk to him, and boy, did he bring it. 34 points, 7 assists, 10 rebounds, just getting B-U-Z-Y, all right? Now, listen, for this game, is a couple of things. Um, I thought Phoenix really competed in this game. You know, I think as many times as the Lakers fought back, I thought Phoenix was in this game. It was about tied 89 to 89 with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they really didn't get any uh, scoring done. Um, it's kind of tough because with Phoenix and once Chris Paul's not effective, there has to be this balance between Devin Booker scoring one-on-one and still getting other guys involved. Cameron Johnson hit some big shots for them. Uh, I don't hit two threes, but he was effective still shooting them. Um, moving for the next game, Jay Crowder has to stay out of foul trouble. They really need him. He also got to be a little bit more effective than one for six from the three-point line. And, um, listen, Devin Booker had 31 in order to beat this Lakers team. Might have close to 40. But listen, balance is everything as far as shot distribution and still creating for others. And um, it's really going to be big to see what him and Monte do this game. All right. We'll talk about that game as far as a preview a little bit later. Let's run through the rest of these games. All right. And last but not least, my Dallas Mavericks. Now, I'm only saying mine because I picked them to win in the series. They're making me look good. Won 127 to 121. This game was nuts. It was tied up 70 to 70. I think it was 71 to 73 at halftime. Um, and Kawhi Leonard had 30 points in the first half. Uh, listen, they can't do this. This game is a couple of things. One, this game scares me because there was no adjustment that they made from game one to game two. Pick and roll to keep switching Zubach out there. He's looking like food out there. There's nothing he can do. He has to stop playing this series. All right, so we can tell. How can we help the Los Angeles Clippers win this game, all right? One, you got to play the law of averages. you got to hope that Dallas Mavericks cannot continue to shoot 18 out of 34, which is 52% from the three-point line and 58% from the field goal. That means you ain't stopping nothing, man. They're just missing when they want to miss, all right? Um, so, listen, first things first, I think uh, rotations matter. Let's get some more Terrence Mann minutes in there. Luke Kennard, let's stop playing Zubach. Uh, we have to go big. Let's go with a rotation of Ibaka and maybe Marcus Morris at the five, all right? Two, listen, they're going to have to trap Luka, maybe play him closer to the start. They, they got to make him feel him, all right? They definitely got to get way more physical with him because they're not touching him. He's playing with him, all right? He hit a running... <laughs> he was he was uh, dribbling to his left, lifted up his right knee, and shot the craziest right three-point floater I've ever seen. Not even a floater. It was just a one-legged three-pointer, and he was just playing with him. Um, Patrick Beverly has to stop guarding him. And they got a date. His defense has not been good in game two. Too many different times he was helping from one pass away, uh, letting Tim Hardaway Jr. get in three-pointers, opportunities, and looks. Then the next thing he was doing that I wasn't liking is he wasn't fighting through the screens. Listen, Tyler was confusing me, all right, because they told me that he can really good at making adjustments. I don't see any adjustments. Either the team isn't listening to you or there is no game plan. 
Time and time again, Luka is just picking out which one of y'all bad defenders he's going to pull. It's either Patrick Beverly for being too small or Zubac for being too slow. And then he's scoring on everybody else too. Um, also, uh, 34 rebounds, 39 rebounds. So they won the rebounding battle. But I just they have to be more physical. And again, my number one problem with the Clippers, zero sense of urgency, all right? So we'll see what happens for them tonight. Uh, Luka Doncic, 39 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. And and never was never was worried about any defensive effort, honestly. Kristaps Porzingis played really solid, hitting some big threes from behind the arc. 20 points, 4 rebounds. One day I hope this man decides to dedicate himself to be a better rebounder. Tim Hardaway Jr., the second best player on Dallas, 28 points. Uh, 6 out of 8 from the 3-point line. Maxi Kleber, 13 points, played really go- good. Also playing through an Achilles injury. So um, shout-outs to Maxi Kleber for playing through some toughness. Um, like I said, physicality, better rotations, not playing Zubich, and sense of urgency. That is the only way that the Clippers have a chance, all right? And I'm <laughs> that's to have a chance. That's not even to win the game because I still think they can't do nothing with uh, Doncic. All right, let's go to last night's games real quick. So before I get into last night's games, we're all going to talk about what just happened over the last 24 hours. So a fan spit in the game versus the Hawks versus the Knicks on Trey Young, I think in the middle of the third quarter, and the fan had poured a bunch of popcorn on Russell Westbrook when he was leaving the court after getting hurt. You listen, I got to say this one time. This is a public service announcement. Stop playing with Russell Westbrook. That is a grown man. And I know y'all might not think he's big on the TV compared to the other players, but compared to a regular human, he's not nothing to play with, man. And y'all only doing it because y'all getting away with it. One day, listen, God forbid he does it. If that man turns and swings at one of y'all fans, it's going to be bad because they're not getting up. I guess people think about the mouths in the palace, all right? Listen, you got to, one, watch what you say because you are talking to grown men. And number two, it's got to be some type of respect out there. If you saw him outside, he would he probably would walk on the other side of the street. So all this fake heart y'all got, y'all got to stop and spit on the fan. Yo, listen, if somebody spits on somebody, that is immediate, that's immediate grounds for fighting. That's immediate grounds for fighting. And I don't, it's not, it's not debatable. And again, I love playoff energy. I love hostile environments. I love the grittiness of playoff. I love the fact that it's more physical. I love all of that. But it has to be respect. Don't be talking out the side of your neck to somebody that you really don't want to talk to. All right, and you're just doing it just to kind of get in the game. And listen, stop people giving people the middle finger. It's got to be some respect. You're still going to a public event, all right? Now, the one fan from the Sixers, he was a season ticket holder. They gave him the boot, suspended indefinitely, all right, because he's being an idiot. And I guess they did the same thing for the guy for the New York. He got banned. So listen, be smart, all right? Listen, other than any other sport, I think basketball allows fans to get closest to the court. Football, you ain't getting that close, all right? You got the, you got the field. Um, you got behind where the players are, and you got higher up, you got these fans, all right? Basketball, as you're on courtside seats, you they can literally brand, run into you. And what's going to happen is, if it keeps getting bad, this keeps happening, they're going to either remove those front court seats, or they're going to have dumb security, and it's going to be really uncomfortable there. But the NBA has to do a better, better, have better protocols as far as protecting the players, all right? Let's have some respect, people. Seriously. Now, listen, getting back into that game, the Sixers did one thing. They got busy. Now, listen, as I remember in game one, Ben Simmons 
He had a really good game, 15 points, 15 rebounds. He did something I liked that he was aggressive. Um, a number that I always like to look at with Ben Simmons is how many shots he takes. All right. Now listen, to his credit, they were kind of doubling the bead, and he was getting a ton of one-on-one coverage. And what did he do? He took all those little guys, Westbrook, Neto, Beal, and he scored on all of them. All right. He made himself a consistent scoring threat. He never has to lead the league in scoring, but he has to be a threat, all right? Um, Didn't shoot any free throws, but I do want those free throws to become good because, like I said, as we advance in competition, it's going to get harder and harder, all right? The margin of error is smaller and smaller. Everything is glorified in the playoffs. Um, Joel Embiid, solid game, nothing too special. 22.7 rebounds, 3 assists. Ben Simmons, 22-9-8. Zach Lowe and David Thorpe had talked about this series, how they start three guards that are really small, and they really don't play in defense. This is so big for him in this series to be aggressive, to see the ball go in the hoop, to just just empower himself as a player just for the next series. Because like I said, they're going to need him to score and be aggressive and be present, not just hiding in a dunker spot, which at a few times in the playoffs he has done before. I'm a huge Ben guy. And I think the Ben thing is the Ben Simmons thing has come down to this. He has a really, really high ceiling, right? And he has a good floor. Even if, even if he's only at his floor, he's always still good. His floor is still a top 25, 30 player. You know, but his ceiling is top 10, top 15. And I think fans are just so eager to like, yo, we've seen you shoot. We've seen you shoot in the offseason. We see you practice your shot. We just want to see it at some point. Listen, I'm off the jump shot. I don't know what, listen, it is what it is. I want to just see him be aggressive. He was there. The Sixers dominated. They should have no problem in this series winning yesterday, 120-95, all right? A couple of the notes for that. Shake Milton really didn't play well. i like him to get it going a little bit. And I don't think we should have any problem with him. Listen, they don't play any defense. Um, I think I picked them in five games, but I want to sweep. I want to sweep, and I want us to prove that we are who we think we are. All right, next game, Hawks and Knicks. The New York Knicks defeated the Atlanta Hawks. 101 to 92. So listen, all I'm gonna say is I feel 100 percent safe in in my previous pick before this um series saying the Hawks will win it in seven. I still think the Hawks are a better team. All right. They were in this game all game. New York really kind of played outplayed them and they stayed in the game. To me, a mark of kind of seeing how a series is going is even when a team loses, there's not great separation. You know, so that was really encouraging for my Atlanta tonight. Now listen. As one guy, I need to step up for the Atlanta Hawks, all right? That's John Collins. Not getting it done yesterday. Played 15 minutes, 0 for 2 from the three-point line, 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 5 personal fouls, and guess what? A Krispy Kreme donut. You know what that means? He didn't score a point, all right? John Collins is too talented, man, to be doing that. Also, I need Danilo Gallinari to hit more out of 2 out of 9 three-pointers. He's getting a bunch of open looks. Me, personally, I would like to put Tony Snell out there. But listen, Gallinari's their guy. He got to start hitting some of these shots. Um, Bogdanovich, again, as good as a shooter as he is, 2 out of 13 from the three-point line. Didn't love it. Trey Young played great again, 30.7 rebounds. They can't do nothing with him. So it's two guys that got to step up, the front quarter of Atlanta. Capello was another guy. Even though he did have 12 rebounds, four points, just not getting it done. I need that pick and roll to be going. John Collins from the three. I need to get those guys I expect to play much better at home. I expect them to win the next game. But um, listen, give props to New York. 
Julius Randle had a great game, still 5 out of 16, still kind of feeling his way through the series, but he was much more effective as far as creating passes for other guys. A couple different times he got a lot of shots for R.J. Barrett, uh, who finished with 13 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 assists. I want to talk about R.J. Barrett for a second. And, um, you know, the draft is coming up soon, and R.J. Barrett is just a definition of what work ethic will get you. I didn't love him coming out of the draft because I didn't think he had the most fluid hips as far as being explosive off the dribble and going to the rim. But he does have good size. That jumper is getting better and better. And he's proving me wrong, you know. OB Toppin is starting to come around a little bit. Um, it's still weird that they drafted a power forward when he had Julius Randle, even though you take the best player available. But there were so many guys in that draft class that could have helped him. Um, but it is what it is. But I, I, did, I am seeing a little bit from OB Toppin. Uh, Kevin Knox is just a bust. I'm sorry, Knicks fans. Even that way, all right, he's not effective. <laughs> you know, um, the bus word has been really uh, big the last couple of days with Kwame Brown, which I will talk about at the end of the episode very, very briefly because I do think context matters. So, again, for Atlanta, we need better production out of two players, John Collins and Clint Capella. We need our front court to step up and be more of offensive threats, all right? And for Delanello Gallinari and Bogdanovich, I need you to better be two to need you to be better than 2 out of 9 from the 3-point line and 2 out of 13, all right? Last game of the night for last night. The Utah Jazz did whatever they want versus the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies still had that grit and gang. Utah did come out with the win, 141-129. to 129. So we already know what the big story with this game is. Mitchell returned. He looked really, really good. Hit 3 out of his first 4 3-pointers and hit an and 1. And like I said before, that shift just is just so seamless. Once Mitchell was that number one scoring threat, all the pressure comes off of Mike Conley and um, Jordan Clarkson. So Jordan Clarkson, even though he didn't shoot well from the three, still has 16 points. Mike Conley had 20 points and 15 rebounds. That Donovan Mitchell effect, man, he just changes the whole team. Listen, they were running that pick and roll, and I don't know if I love Memphis's coverage. I just saw way too many dunks by Rudy Gilbert, man. So hopefully they have a better strategy. Um, as far as Memphis, listen, John Morant, I think they say is one of the first, he had some of the most points in NBA history in his first two playoff games. He finishes with 47 in his second playoff game. And that's only with two threes. He does whatever he wants in the paint. The only part of his game that I want him to work on, one, being a better defender, but two, once he gets that three point shot up and can get it off a lot quicker, like Dame does. And that threat is there. It's over, man. Um, Dylan Brooks got in foul trouble. Listen, Dylan Brooks is a really good player, all right? But he's very physical, very aggressive. He got in foul trouble. Even though he finished with 23 points, a lot of times in key moments, he was not on the court. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, another guy, effective, 18.6 rebounds, but also in a lot of foul trouble. Now, to me, and me personally, I think the swing person for this series is Jaron Jackson Jr. He has 16 points and three rebounds. He's not much of a rebounder, but... I believe he has a really good jump shot. He has a quickness matchup, and I think he can be their third best scorer behind Brooks and John Moran. All right, so if I can get 20 out of him, he has 16, and listen, he draw a couple of fouls, but if I can get 20, 18 to 20 out of him, hitting some open threes, spacing up that floor with Dylan Brooks and John Moran, now we got a problem. I also would like more minutes with, De with uh, Milton and John Moran playing together because I just think... The load is so heavy on John Moran. I just think they need another ball handler at some time just so he can kind of play off the ball. You saw the one play where he did. He played off the ball, and 
I believe he had a backdoor reverse dunk, which was really big. Listen, Utah is good enough to win the series. All right, they are. They they're good enough to win the series. They compete. They do not quit. But the thing with you, um, excuse me, I'm in the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is good enough to win this series. But the thing with Utah is is execution. They get their shots. Now that they got down to the Mitchell, there's organization. They're going to defend. So listen, guys, step it up. All right. I originally picked Memphis in five. Excuse me, Memphis in five. I'm tripping. I originally picked Utah in five. But I believe that Memphis will get one more game at home. So I'm going to say Utah in six. But I do think Memphis is going to bring it in the next game. Now, let's get to tonight's games. And we're going to do a very, very quick segment on Kwame Brown. All right? So tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks are on the road playing the Heat. Milwaukee is favored by 1.5. I don't buy anything the Heat do. I don't see the sense of urgency. And unless Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo combine for 50 they're going to lose. Listen, a couple of things. One, Jimmy has to be a more willing shooter. They're giving him space. They're playing him for the drop, and they're playing him for body contact as far as going to the rim. So he has to hit some of the mid-range shots. Two, same thing for Bam Adebayo. Brooke Lopez is getting him a lot of space. So either give me two power dribbles and go up strong, or give me some of them jump shots. But I need more from their two The Bucks is better. I'm picking Milwaukee to win. Oh. Next, <laughs> next game, Suns and Lakers. All right. The Lakers are favored by 6.5. <sighs> this game comes down to a few things. It comes down to the shoulder of Chris Paul. 48 hours traveling from Phoenix to LA. Um, he didn't look good in game two, man. They said he is cleared to play. But I'm just hoping for just the series itself that he can be healthy and effective. If not, the Lakers are going to win this game. If he is effective and healthy, I'm picking Phoenix to win. I think they can compete and win, but it's very important that they keep this game close because they're going to be rocking in L.A. All right? And last but not least, the Portland Trailblazers are home versus the Denver Nuggets. This series is tied one-to-one. I am picking the Trailblazers. Listen. I know they did a real cute thing and putting Aaron Gordon on Damian Lillard last night, last time. Oh, he shut him down. I don't think that's going to work again. One of the best things Portland does is they put a screen almost at half court. So they're going to get you to get up off him at half court. Then he's going to make his decision. All right. Two, I think he's going to be more willing to go to the rim, get some floaters, and attack the rim and get at the free throw line. And three, I hate to be the guy, but this series, especially. They have to be more consistent with the calls. I do not like blaming the game on calls, but it's getting so physical in the first half that in the second half, the temperatures is up. You don't really have any control of the game, and now you're calling a bunch of ticky-tack fouls. So I need the refs to have a better control and temperament into these games. I'm picking Portland to cover that three and a half and win straight up, all right? I need better games from McCullough. I need uh, Norman Powell to play better. I think Carmelo's going to play better also. I just think the Trailblazers are a little bit better than um, Denver. I was very hesitant to talk about Kwame Brown, and I don't want to talk about him individually, but I do want to talk about context. So, I 100% agree he's a bust. And NBA standards, he was a number one overall pick. Now, he has shed a lot of light on a lot of different things about the treatment he went through, how Michael Jordan wasn't, wasn't great to him, wasn't good to him. Um, how he practiced two hours before some games really hard, you know, kind of unfair treatment for a rookie. Um, he said that they wanted to trade him for Elton Brand. 
And um, I want to say basketball context. He was just not a good player. Now, listen, he had small hands. Um, he was a solid defender, solid post player. But for a number one overall pick, he just wasn't good. All right. He just was not good. But listen, context matters. Is he successful? Absolutely. He's made over $65 billion. He's played over 12 seasons. I think one with the Sixers. Success is that he is successful. He's created generational wealth in his family. But as far as basketball terms, he was not good. I'm sorry. He was not good. Now, maybe if he went to another team, it would have been a different story. Maybe if he had a point guard, it would have been a different story. He wasn't terrible. He was solid at setting screens. But I'm sorry. As a number one overall pick, I just do not think he was good. All right? Um, a couple other things, news and notes. Like I said before, guys, let's just respect the NBA players. Because like I said, y'all don't remember the Malice and the Powers, or maybe y'all do. I remember Ron Artest and Jermaine O'Neal duffing some fans and guys losing teeth, getting punched out of seats. Y'all don't want that to happen again. All right? These NBA players is not sweet, and they're not for play play. All right? Last but not least, I want to have a big shout-out to my man Meta. On a Chef Meta Spice, man, doing big things. I've seen him today on the uh, TV screen, so shout him out. Thanks for all the support, as always. New episode will be on Saturday. We're going to go with three times a week, going to give the people what they want. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Listen, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. These playoffs are really good for the podcast. The podcast will continue to grow. I want to grow with y'all. Y'all want to grow with me. Y'all give me some feedback, and I'll see y'all again very soon. All right, y'all take care. Peace.